With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Gittin Daf Mem, page 40. We begin 11 lines in to Daf Mem. Amr Yishuban Levi, Yishuban Levi says, If a slave put on tefillin in front of his master, he has gone out free. Mesve. And the reason is, as we said in the previous Daf, because uh, if he's doing that in front of his master, his master wouldn't allow him to do something which he's not supposed to do. He's not if he doesn't have a, an obligation to put on tefillin. So his master is allowing him to do it. Clearly, his master is uh, consenting to the fact that he's already been freed. Meisve, we'll ask you a question. If his master borrowed money from him, or his master made him into an agent, or he put on tefillin in front of his master, or he read three verses, in shul, b'fnei rabbi, in front of his master, harezet leyotz lechirus. So when the bride says he has not gone out free, so how can Rabbi Shimon Levi say that he's gone out free if he's put on tefillin? Amar Rabbi Baruch Shila, Rabbi Baruch Shila says like this: Kishar Rabbi hiniach leytefillin. In the cases where his master actually put the tefillin on him, and that's why we can assume that indeed the master has uh, freed him. Kiyasar Rav Dimi and Rav Yechanan. When Rav Dimi came, he said in the name of Rav Yechanan, and hold on to this information because we're going to need Rav Dimi for a while here on this stuff. Uh, he said like this, Misha Amar Someone who said at the time that he's about to pass away, He said, this, uh, this certain maidservant, I don't want you to, my children, he's talking to his kids, I don't want you to make her be enslaved to you anymore after I die. So after the guy dies, so they force the inheritors to write some kind of documents stating that she is being freed. Amar Lufana Rabbi Ami Rabbi Asi. So both Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi said in front of Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi, don't you agree that the children remain enslaved? And that being the case, so why should the Yorsh and the inheritors lose out if she's going to be freed? So what's going to happen is that all any children that she has subsequently, those children are not going to belong to the inheritors. And when the master said to his maidservant, he said, I want you to, I want, or he said to his kids, I don't want you to make this woman have to work for you anymore. He just meant the woman herself, but not any children that she has. So why is it that we're going to say that indeed they have to free her? That was their time to Rabbi Yechanan. Now we have a different version of the statement of Rabbi Yechanan. Ki asr of Shmuel bar Yehuda, Rabbi Yechanan. When Rabbi Shmuel bar Yehuda came, he said in the name of Rabbi Yechanan. Misha Amar b'Shas Misasoi, someone who says as he's about to pass away, Plain shivchasi kares ruach asisali. This maidservant, she she made me happy. Yase la kares ruach. I want you also to make sure that you make her happy. So kaifin asayorshin va'oisin la kares ruach. So we force the inheritors and they have to make her happy. And Rashi says if that means that she wants to be released, she's not going to be happy until she's released from her bondage, so then they have to release her. My time, what's the reason? Mitzvah the Kaim Devrahames. Because it's a mitzvah to fulfill the words of a person who has passed away. So so basically what happens is according to this sheet, according to Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda in the name of Rabbi Yechanan, so Rabbi Yechanan only said it in this case, but if he said that I want you not to make her work anymore, so then that would not in, you would not have to free her according to this because in the case where you say I don't want you to make her work anymore it just uh, just means not that you should free her but you shouldn't have to make her work hard Amar Amemar so now we continue Amemar says like this Hamafkir Avdai if someone makes his slave ownerless also have it in so that slave has no no way to get out of it because now he's ownerless so all that's that uh, been taken off of him is the possession of his master in as, insofar as money. But in regards to the fact that he's still prohibited to all regular Jewish women, so he's still prohibited and he can't go out free. My time, what's the reason? Gufe le kanile. 
The master no longer owns his body. All that's left is some kind of prohibitions. And the master can't give over the prohibitions, so to speak, to his to his slave. It's not something that has the ability to do. So now the slave is stuck. Behold, Ula said, In both of these cases, and that includes a case where a master was mafkir, he gave up ownership on his slave. So, so he goes out free, and he needs some kind of document. So you see that you can indeed give him a document. So he responded, yeah, he needs it. But there's no way for him to get it. Because since all that's left is Israel, all that's left is prohibition, the master doesn't have the ability to give over the prohibition or to take off the prohibition. Amri, that those who say, Amar Memar, Memar said it's slightly different. So let's say somebody gives up ownership on his slave and then he passes away, the guy, the owner. So that slave has no way out. My time, what's the reason? Because he doesn't, he wasn't owned for his body any longer. All that was left was prohibitions. And a person can't give over to his son, he can't give over as an inheritance, a slave that only has prohibitions. So now there's nobody to give him a get or there's no one to give him any kind of document freeing him, because the children can't do that. So therefore, he's stuck. Behold, said in the name of Rav Yechanan, and that was the case that we mentioned above, that we said we, sh- we need to hold it in our mind, that's the case where he said, someone said over to his kids, he's about to pass away, and he said to them, don't make her work anymore. So there, he's allowed her to go free, he's already taken off, in a certain sense, any kind of monetary value, and he's given over to his children only prohibitions. And nevertheless, what do we see that's going on there? That the children can indeed give some kind of get shech, or some kind of document freeing her. So the Gemara says, the Rav Dimi Ta'usahi, that statement of Dimi was actually a mistake. What's the mistake? Because he didn't say that I want to free him, free her. All he said was, I don't want you to make her enslaved anymore. I don't want you to make her work. That's the mistake. That would imply that if he did indeed say it in the with the correct way of saying it, then indeed she would go on free. And indeed they would be able to give her some kind of document freeing her. So he said, that's a good question. I know, could the Rav Shmuel bar Yehudas relate? I hold that Rabbi Yechanan didn't say that. I hold like Rabbi Shmuel bar Yehuda, who said that when did Rabbi Yechanan say that she indeed goes out free? Only if he said, I want you to give her Korah Surach, I want you to give her enjoyment like she gave me. And in that case, he's not actually letting her go free at all. What he's doing is he's saying, I want you guys to be the ones to let her go out free. But I'm not letting her free at all. Meaning there was, there was, they were completely, this maidservant was completely given over to the children, and therefore it's within their power to be able to free her as well. Now the Gemara continues with another story. How discarta the Adi? There was a certain community of slaves, this Daven Levikachavim, or a group of slaves that was sold to non-Jews. And Rashi points out that when a slave is sold to a non-Jew, he goes out free. Kolomar Vasabasroi. Finally, the final master passed away, and also the Kamidar Ravina. They came in front of Ravina to ask him what needs to be done. Amarlahu. So Ravina said to them, to this group of people who had formerly been slaves, Zilu Ahadru Abene Marvosa Kamoi, go back to your original masters, the people who owned you originally, Vichtavu Lechugita de Cherusa, and let them write for you a document freeing you. 
Amr the Rabbanon the Ravina. So the the Rabbi said to Ravina, "Bahamar Ameimar, Mafkir Avdei Umeis Oisa Eved Ein Leitakana." Behold, if somebody gives up hope on his on his slave, and the guy dies, so he has no takana. So how is it that they're going out free? Because here their master has passed away. Amr Lahu, he said to them, "Anak Ravdimi Sfirli." I hold like Ravdimi, and that first version of Ravdimi, where where we said that the case was where he he had in part freed his maidservant and then gave it over to the children and the children completed it. So he was saying, I hold like that. So the Gemara, so so they said to him, Wait, I'm related to Ravdima Ta'usi. So they said, Wait, Ravdimi was a mistake. Amar Lahu, my Ta'usa. He said, What was the mistake? The Amar Blash and Sheikh, the mistake was that he didn't say that she should be freed. Rather, he said that they should that they should not make her work anymore. That was the mistake. Amar Blash and Sheikh. But if he indeed had said it in the correct way by saying that she should be freed, the case would be indeed that she's freed in regards to the fact that she's no longer owned, she's ownerless. However, she still has some kind of prohibition, and that can be given over to the children, and the children can indeed go and free her. The Hilchas like Ravina, and Halacha is indeed like Ravina, and Halacha is indeed the child can inherit this slave, and indeed can release the slave. Hahu Avda de Betray, there was a certain slave that was owned by two people. So one of them, one of the owners, got up and he freed his half. Amar Idoch. So the other guy said, Oh no, the rabbis are going to hear about this and they're going to take him away from me. Because why? Because the halacha is, like we're going to see, that if a slave is half free and he's half enslaved, so he can't marry a regular woman and he can't marry a slave woman. So what does he do? So so the rabbis say, You have to free such a person so that he can properly get married. So what did this guy do? He didn't want to lose his slave. So So he went and he gave over the slave, he gave it... Uh, transferred the possession into his child, who was a minor. So Rav Yosef sent the question in front of Rapapa, and Shalachlehi responded, Just as he has done, so should be done to him. That which he has done will be put upon his own head, meaning that he won't be able to get away with this. We know that by a child, that a child, so why, why did he give it to this child? So he figured to himself, well, listen, the rabbis are not going to be able to force this child to release his slave. So, But we know in regards to a child that children love money, even if it's a little bit amount of money. What do we do? We get some kind of guardian, legal guardian for him. We turn to Memam Bez, page 40b. And we say to the, to the child, would you like us to give you a few dollars for this slave? And then we write a document that the child is going to free the slave. And the child indeed has the ability to do that because when it comes to Mecca, when it comes to selling and buying, the child has the ability to do that and therefore it's all going to be released even though this guy thinks that he's trying to get away with it. It's not going to happen. Someone who says that he has freed his slave Asui ben Charen, he is made to be free, he says. Harehu ben Charen, where he says he is freed. Harehu ben Charen, indeed, in all these cases, he is freed. Aasenu ben Charen, I will make him to be free. Rebbe Amrakana, Rebbe says, indeed, it works. Chacham say it did not work. Rebbe Yechonin says that all of these cases are talking about where this statement was written in some kind of document. And that's why all of these statements work. And the question between Rebbe and the rabbis is whether or not, if you write that I want you to become free in a document, whether or not that constitutes the proper language for freeing a, a, uh, an Evid with some kind of document. It's a similar type of idea. He says, I gave over a field, a certain field to so-and-so. The sooner it is given over to so-and-so. The field is his. 
Indeed, it does work. At Nanalaploini, let's say he says, I'm going to give it over to Ploini. So the Bach changes this from Rebbe Meir to Rebbe. Rebbe Oimer Kona. So in the same, same exact Machal, because Rebbe here says that indeed it works. Now, Chachamim say that it does not work. All of these cases are talking about when it's written in some kind of document. And Rashi explains that in both cases, according to Rebbe, the reason that it's good is because he means that it should become, the man should become free, the slave should become free with this document. Whereas the, rab- the rabbis, all the hachamim say, that no, that's not what he means. He means to promise him that in, at some future date, he will free him. Therefore, it's not, he doesn't go out free with this document. We have another someone who says, I made my slave free. So the slave says, he did not make me free. So we are afraid, we can assume that he is indeed freed, and the reason that he doesn't know about this slave is because the master gave, gave it over to someone else to merit it for the slave. If he says, I wrote it and I gave it to him, and the slave says, he didn't write it for me, he didn't give it to me. So when a person himself admits to it, so here, the, the master, there's no way to explain what he says. He's saying, I gave it over to the slave. The slave says, I didn't get it. So then we allow him, we assume that he is indeed still enslaved. The same thing is in regards to some kind of field. Someone says, I gave over a certain field to so-and-so. And the guy says, I didn't, I didn't receive such a thing. So we assume that indeed he gave it to him through someone else. Let's say he says, I wrote it and I gave it to him. And he says, I did not receive it. I don't know what he's talking about. So there, in that case, since we can't translate the words of the guy who's giving it, and the guy is admitting that he didn't receive it, so therefore we assume that indeed he did not get it. So in this case, so who's going to eat the fruits? So Rechizda says that the person who gave it will be the one who benefits from the produce. And Rabbi says that what you do is actually you give it to a third party, and the third party holds on to it until... Elio comes and, you know, Elio is going to tell us exactly what really happened. And they're not arguing. It depends what we're talking about. We're talking about the father, meaning the father is the one who was given directly to. And he's saying that I didn't get it. So then, indeed, we believe him. And the one who gave it, who claims to have given it, so he remains able to eat the fruits. However, Bibra with the son, if the son is the one who's saying, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't think my father got anything, so then we can assume that the, the father did get it, and the son just didn't know about it in such a case. So then we give it to a third party. Masnis, and we begin the Mishnah. We have this slave, and he has a master, and his master went, and he borrowed some money from someone. And he said to the person who he borrowed money from, if I don't pay you back, you can actually take the money, you can take my slave instead of the money. So Vishikhurai, and then what does this guy do? He's a sly guy. He went and he freed him. So, Shuras Hadin, Ena Evid Klum. So, if we look at the bottom line, really, the Evid, he's free. But because of the Tekun HaOilam, we're going to see what all this means in the Gemara. So we force the Master, and we're going to see who it's talking about. We're forcing the Master, and he frees him. And he writes out some kind of document on his value. Who that's talking about, we're going to see in the Gemara. Rishim Gamaliel says the only person who writes anything is only the person who freed him. We go to the Gemara. 
And so now the Gemara says, Mishachroi, who is the one that was freeing him? Amar Rav, so Rav says, Rav Rishain. The person who had said originally, he, he was the one who borrowed the money, and he said to the, let's call him Ruvain, Ruvain borrowed money from Shimon, and Ruvain is the owner of the slave, and Ruvain says to Shimon, he says, if I don't pay, so go and uh, take from my slave. And then Ruvain goes and he frees his own slave. So Shira said, then, klum shani. So, minhadin, so the, this, this slave doesn't have to give anything to this, to this second guy, to Shimon. Like Rava, the Amar Rava, Rava says, That if someone makes something holy, and that thing that he made holy, he donated it to the temple, so that thing had been meshubed, it had been enslaved to someone else's loan, like our case, or the case of Chametz, Rashi explains, is a case where you have a non-Jew lent money to a Jew, and the Jew said to him, if I don't pay you back, I want you to take this bread. And then chametz, it's chametz, and then Pesach passed. So this bread is not considered that it was owned by this non-Jew, but rather it's considered that it was owned by the Jew, and the Jew uh, loses it because now it's chametz shavur lava Pesach. It's something that uh, it's bread that passed over Pesach, and Pesach makes it now he can't have any hanai, he can't enjoy it, he can't give it to the non-Jew either. So so Pesach knocks it out as well. And the third thing that we have here is that if somebody frees his slave, so all these three things they make it that. You know, it's too bad. The guy can't collect from this thing anymore. So we see, so element took on Ha'olam. So what's the Tikkun Ha'olam? Shema Yim Because we're afraid that this second guy, Shimon, is going to find this slave, this former slave, in the marketplace. We come on to Memalaf and Aleph, page 41a. The Yom is going to say to him, Adiyata, you're my slave. So we force the second master and he frees him. And the Evid writes some kind of document for his own value. It's not the responsibility of the slave because he went out free, but rather the person who freed him is the one who has to go and write some kind of document. So the Gemara says, What are they arguing about? In regards to a case where you're ruining someone else's shibu, someone else's enslavement, so to speak. That one holds that if you indeed ruin someone else's shibu, like this case, where the person who owed the money freed the slave that was meshubah, that was enslaved, so to speak, he was. this is where the guy was going to collect from, so then you're chayiv, you have to do it. The one holds that, no, even though you ruined something that he could have collected from, it's not considered that you've done any kind of concrete damage, and therefore you're not responsible for that. At Marnami, we also learned a similar thing in the Memra, Hamazik Shibud Shachavero, that when somebody damages the Shibud of his friend, this involves this exact argument between Rabbi Shimon Gamliel and the rabbis. There's just one point I want to explain that I didn't understand, that I just saw in the art scroll bringing from the Rajba, and that is that why is it, why should the Evet have to pay, why should he have to write some kind of document saying that he's going to pay the guy who was owed the money? Why should he have to do that? So the Rajma explains that since uh, we're trying, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to get it that this other guy shouldn't go and say that this sl- former slave is his slave now and shouldn't be Motsilaz, say some kind of untrue thing and make his, make his kids look like they're still avadim, they're still slaves, when in fact he was freed. So therefore, what we do is we say that you slave, or former slave, you say that you're going to pay him the money that he is looking to get. And this way he'll never come and claim that you're his slave. And this way we'll get out of all of the issues, and that's the takan, that's the tikkun ha'aylam, and that's why he has to write this document. So that's only true according to that manda amr, but according to the other one, according to Rabbi Shemim so he says that no, the one who's chayim, the one who's in, in comment upon him to, to write this, this document is the one who caused the loss and that was the master so therefore the master is the one who actually has to pay according to him